Hello, Supergirl Radio. This is Jordan Valdez calling in once again. I wanted to express my excitement about uh, Sarah Smith being cast as Lydia Lockwood on Supergirl uh, because she is yet another Smallville alum joining the cast. Yes, Supergirl continues to lead the way in terms of uh, legacy casting. I think all the Arrowverse shows do an amazing job with it, but especially Supergirl. She'll be the third Smallville alum coming to the show uh, as a new character this year, of course, joining Sam Witwer and um, Anthony Konechny. Uh, super news to, to find out that we're getting yet another Smallville alum on Supergirl. Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode, we are going to shine a character spotlight on Benjamin Lockwood, also known as Agent Liberty. And we're going to be doing this because Agent Liberty is making an appearance in the fourth season of Supergirl. So we're going to use this episode of Supergirl Radio to learn more about this character. So Agent Liberty was created by Dan Jurgens, and he first appeared in Superman number 60 from October 1991. His real name, Agent Liberty's real name, is, of course, Benjamin Lockwood, and he's been affiliated with a couple of teams, Morgan. He's mm. been uh, it, with a couple of U.S. government teams, uh, the CIA, which, of course, is the Central Intelligence Agency, the U.S. Secret Service, and he's uh, most, I would say, mostly known for this team called the Sons of Liberty, which is a group that wants to bring America back to its original values and to seek the restoration of the spirit of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, which I love. I think that's great. I'm a huge American history buff. Uh, so anytime somebody wants to talk about the Constitution or the Bill of Rights, Sign me up. We the people. I'm all about it. Hamilton, stuff like that. <laughs> stuff like that. If you want to talk some American history, I'm all about it. So I really like this part of Agent Liberty that he is with this group called the Sons of Liberty. Um, there was even a, a, a TV miniseries that was really good uh, called the Sons of Liberty. Everyone should watch it. I saw a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, and so in addition to his very patriotic um, and uh, very U.S.-based uh, groups. He's also part of the Justice League International, so uh, he does have some ties to the Justice League. Uh, Agent Liberty is uh, uh, most known for having these abilities. He uh, is <laughs> uh, an expert in espionage. Ooh. He, he does do some CIA, Secret Service kind of things. Um, he's a highly skilled uh sh- shooter marksmanship he you know he can he can uh, 
shoot weapons really well, I guess is, is how that you could say that. Um, he's also good at martial arts. He's a good fighter. Um, but the thing that's really impressive about Agent Liberty is not so much about his, you know, little skills that he probably learned with the Secret Service and the CIA and all this stuff. The really cool thing about Agent Liberty is that he has a special suit that provides weaponry that includes blades that can come out of his gauntlets. Uh, he has a force field that is basically like a shield, uh, a force field shield kind of a thing. And he has a jetpack for short flights. So he can fly Ooh. just with the jetpack. I would like a jetpack for short flights. That sounds awesome. I think that sounds really cool because you, you, maybe you don't want to fly a long way, but maybe you need to get <laughs> somewhere really quickly. Maybe like if you were just going to... I don't know, Uber somewhere. Yeah. You could just jetpack, you know, that kind of short distance. Um, so I, I, I like the jetpack part of Agent Liberty. Yeah, you're not asking for a lot. You're just asking for short flights. Yeah, you just <laughs> you just want to get over to, you know, from point A to point B. You don't need to go too far. Jetpack. Of course, with a jetpack, you could have malfunctions. That is the downside yeah. of that. Something could break down and then you're up a creek. Uh, probably sometimes literally. You might be, in fact, dropping into a creek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something breaks down, you're in trouble. So um, <laughs> that's probably uh, the downside of uh, having flight in that way versus flight like Supergirl. Supergirl doesn't have to worry about, well, I mean, maybe there could be some instances where somebody could... Um, I don't know, put a kryptonite necklace around her neck and she can't fly. That's true. But 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 not as, as likely as your jetpack just kind of crapping out on you. Yeah. <laughs> so that uh, it does have its downsides. Um, so let's get to start uh, talking about uh, Agent Liberty's first appearance in the comics, which was Superman number 60 from August 20th, 1991. Agent Liberty sort of comes around the time of the death of Superman. So he is a, a big uh, mainstay and a, a big player in the city of Metropolis. So that's kind of where he comes into uh, comics is uh, being someone who is trying to help out around Metropolis. So uh, Superman number 60. Uh, so this issue issue involves Clark Kent investigating. He's out uh, trying to investigate inner gang and he's trying to take them down. Um, and when he is in trouble and trying to appear human, uh, meaning that he can't use his powers or else he'll give himself away, uh, Clark Kent um, is saved by a mysterious costumed man. And of course, this uh, mysterious costume man is Agent Liberty. So Clark Kent dun, is dun. running around. He's trying to stop inner gang. And all of a sudden, uh, this this guy in this black and yellow suit with a a star in the middle of his costume showing up with this force field kind of shield, he ends up saving Clark Kent. Ah, that's not bad. So Agent Liberty wants to find out what Clark Kent knows about inner gang. So he breaks into Clark's apartment, which is not cool, but he does it. Uh, so he breaks into Clark Kent's <laughs> apartment to find a briefcase with inner gang's top secret information in it. So Clark does find, he he does a pretty good investigative job. He gets some dirt on inner gang and Agent Liberty comes into his apartment and takes it. And when breaking into the apartment, Agent Liberty's uh, fellow son of Liberty, so that this is the group that he's a part of, uh, with the codename of Satellite, 
reminds him of the Bill of Rights and questions whether or not breaking into Clark's apartment and stealing his stuff is justified. Thank you, Satellite. If you're going to be all about America and if you're Agent Liberty, you have to have some standards that you follow. And if you're going to be all about, you know, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, maybe you should think about this kind of stuff. Exactly. I think it is a fair thing to bring up. And I'm guessing that he brings this up because of the Fourth Amendment, which I think is uh, the one that says that, you know, you have the right uh, against unreasonable searches and seizures. So uh, that seems to be applicable to the situation. There are some uh, unreasonable searches and uh, seizures happening from uh, Agent Liberty, who is coming in (laughs) and stealing Clark Kent's stuff. So um, when Superman shows up to confront Intergang, because this whole issue is about trying to take down Intergang, one of the inner gang uh, guys wants backup and calls Apocalypse. So this this is like uh, trying to call Darkseid here um, and calls Apocalypse for some parademons via a boom tube. And uh, so while Superman is handling some, uh, a, you know, handling this bigger threat, Agent Liberty actually fights a parademon. So that's actually, I think that's kind of cool that he is, he is uh, this human man who is in this, you know, ultra cool weaponized suit uh, and he's fighting this parademon, so he's got some uh, he's got some uh, fighting skills enough to take down a parademon. So, but ultimately, in the issue, because this is a Superman related story, <laughs> Superman does he ends up being you know ultimately the one who handles the business in the issue and, and really <laughs> saves the day. But Agent Liberty does give him a hand. He does help him out, and and so I think what's really cool about this issue is that the last panel of Superman number sixty has Superman confident that he'll meet this helpful stranger again. So that is a really um, exciting first issue, I think, for Agent Liberty. That's a pretty big day. He, he got a lot accomplished. <laughs> he got a lot <laughs> done. So that's a pretty good first appearance for a comic book character. So uh, his uh, next uh, significant issue, I would say, would be Superman number 62, which is just uh, two issues later from October 22nd, 1991. In this issue, in a story called Blackout, Metropolis has had a citywide blackout, but also there's a double meaning behind this. Uh, Superman has also had a blackout in the form of amnesia. (laughs) So uh, Lois Lane, Emile Hamilton, and Guardian, which is really fun because in this issue, they are all traveling in the whiz wagon. Love it. Uh, And they, Lois Lane, Emile Hamilton, and Guardian fly in the whiz wagon and they go to this dinosaur island where they find Superman about to uh, to marry this local woman there. This is a bonkers issue. If you <laughs> want to read an issue with Agent Liberty in it, and you want to see something crazy, read Superman number 62. I highly recommend it. It is crazy. Um, so the reason that Agent Liberty shows up in this, because there's a whole there's a whole kind of like uh, A and B story where there's you know Superman with the amnesia and everybody's trying to get him to remember who he is, but while Superman is unavailable to help Metropolis because he's on this dinosaur island, Agent Liberty steps up to fight some criminals in, uh, in, <laughs> in the city, and he does so while quoting the Second Amendment to the United States Constitution. I mean, like, what, el- what else would he be doing? Like, that's, that's his vibe. That has <laughs> to be his thing, that he's taking down criminals, and he's quoting the Constitution. 
This I love this part of the character. I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy it so much. Although he says something about a, a well armed militia, I think it's a well regulated militia. To be technical, somebody can uh, check me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's well regulated. I'm a little disappointed that his whole jam is the Constitution. He might have gotten that wrong. <laughs> I mean, study up on it. It's not that many. I mean, if you, especially when if you just want to focus on the Bill of Rights, that's only ten amendments. That's all you need. Just 10. Just focus on those 10. Um, So I I highly recommend this issue. I mean, you've got dinosaurs. You've got the Whiz Wagon. You've got Agent Liberty. You've got a real, there's a really great uh, full page of Superman and Lois Lane kissing. Uh, It's just, you know, you can't ask for much more than that. Great issue. Highly recommend Superman number 62. So the next time around that I could find that Agent Liberty uh, was in was in the form of Adventures of Superman number 487 from December 31st, 1991. And this is a Christmas theme issue. And so in this issue, uh, while Superman and Lois Lane help Jimmy Olsen and Bibbo, who is this cute guy. I don't know if you've ever seen anything with Bibbo Morgan, but... No, I haven't. Um, if you don't know who Bibbo is, he is this... Uh, he's this sweet guy, and I think he's in the Suicide Slum area of Metropolis. He He's not real smart. He, you know, he doesn't speak really well, but he has a really big heart, and he looks up to Superman a lot. And in this issue, uh, Bibbo is uh, very famous for being the owner of the Ace of Clubs, uh, like bar in Suicide Slum. And so <clears throat> in this issue, uh, Superman and Lois Lane help Jimmy Olsen and Bibbo give presents to orphaned kids. And so while they're doing that, Agent Liberty investigates the assassination of one of the senators uh, in the U.S. Uh, named Senator Caldwell. So a lot of these issues with Agent Liberty, it's like, oh, there's this big story over here, but then Agent Liberty is investigating something over here. This is what he's doing. So um, Agent Liberty seems to show up when they need help um, dealing with senators or <laughs> needing somewhere someone to quote uh, the Second Amendment. So uh, that's uh, Agent Liberty's uh, thing in these issues. But I really recommend uh, reading this one, especially if you want something Christmas-related. It's a it's a nice little issue that deals with them trying to do something cool for these orphan kids. But I do question it a little bit because um, Bibbo, as nice as he is and as much of a sweet character as he is, he had he had been drinking a little bit. Oh, Bibbo! <laughs> and he was he was dressed up like Santa Claus. Bibbo, where did you get that Santa suit? <laughs> Superman and Lois have this idea that oh well he can be Santa Claus for these orphaned kids and we're just gonna give them like a lifesaver we're just gonna give them a breath mint and that'll be fine that seems like a i'm just gonna go out and say that seems like a a flawed plan (laughs) it's not great because um (laughs) i'm pretty sure they could still tell he had been drinking so i don't know that if it's a great idea listen just embrace boozy santa (laughs) i mean he's going to like visit with these kids who have no family like come on y'all can do better than this i feel like like, I don't know, maybe Superman should have been Santa on this one. <laughs> it seems like that would have been a, a like a safer bet. Yeah, it's it's part of that issue. It's it's a nice like Christmas issue. Everything works out in the end. But <laughs> I have a lot of questions about Bibbo as Santa. That did not seem like a really great choice. 
Uh, but Agent Liberty is in that issue uh, on the side trying to investigate uh, an assassination of a character. So uh, Agent Liberty does a lot of investigating. So it's not until uh, January 1992 that we actually get the backstory of Agent Liberty. A lot of this stuff with Agent Liberty leading up to it is just him popping into these stories and helping Superman out. But now in uh, Agent Liberty special number one, we actually get his backstory. So this whole thing is about Benjamin Lockwood and where he comes from, why he is the way he is, what his background in the military is. So uh, in Agent Liberty special number one, working for a group known as the Sons of Liberty, Agent Liberty stops some paramilitary type guys from breaking into the Pentagon. So that's how this issue starts. And... uh, Although he thinks it's paramilitary guys, it may not be what he thinks. So his fight with the criminals serves as a diversion while a lone thief was able to get in and out with two items from the Mideast Affairs Office. So we're dealing with some uh, Middle Eastern uh, type affairs in this issue. And one of the items was a cassette tape with some communications regarding Iranian jobs. And the other item uh, was a simple old everyday Iranian map. So there's a lot of uh, stuff related to Iran in this issue. And so Benjamin Lockwood is especially bothered by these stolen items relating to Iran because he served in a U.S. Marine operation called Blue Light over in Iran trying to rescue some hostages. Hostage, ah, that's a hard word to say. Huh. Hostages? hostages at the American <laughs> embassy. And back then, some considered Lockwood to be the second best operative in the agency, second Ooh. to another man. The, the man who was better than him was a man named Paul Devlin. Um, uh, pay attention to that last name. I feel like uh, there's a reason why his name is Devlin. Dun, dun, dun. We'll, <laughs> we'll get there. Um, so when they go to, to get these hostages... The mission goes south, leaving Devlin and Lockwood on their own and needing uh, uh, to blend in with the locals. So that's how they're going to get out of the situation. They're going to try to blend in and uh, try not to you know, give themselves away as uh, American military. And so when he thought he uh, had found his brother who went missing on their mission, Paul Devlin was murdered in Tehran. Oh, no, Paul Devlin. Paul Devlin. I was suspicious of you, and now you're gone. I mean, I don't want to uh, spoil anything, but that may not be the last that we <gasps> see of Paul Devlin. 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 <laughs> You just stick around. That uh, Devlin, that trickster. <laughs> <laughs> so Lockwood, though, Benjamin Lockwood, though, made it out and he did all he could to stay alive and living his life on the run. And the issue states it as more animal than man. So he'd been doing some things to stay alive. And those those kind of shady things had changed him. Uh-oh. Using an Iraqi uniform as cover, Lockwood worked his way out of Iraq and found a passage back to America. So they they have some some pretty intense and sort of political uh, panels that go along with this issue. I was surprised looking back at it, the stuff that they had put in here um, that the, they sort of got away with and some of this art. So um, I was actually kind of shocked by it. So uh, Agent Liberty Special Number 1 was was really going for it with, with some of this, you know, real history that had been going on at the time. 
So Lockwood gets back to America and in a bar called The Foxhole, which is appropriately titled, <laughs> Benjamin gets a tip that might lead him to a group that tried to break into the Pentagon. So we're going back at this point in the issue to the, the beginning of the story where he's fighting some guys at the Pentagon. And using a new and fancy thing he calls a cellular phone, this is back in the early 1990s, <laughs> he tries to make contact with these guys. So uh, there's this great uh, panel in the issue where he's he's got one of those Zach Morris phones from back in the day, one of those old blocky type cell phones. Oh, man, those are the best. You know, you had to pull the antenna out of the end. And you had to flip the, the bottom of the phone down. Oh, man. Antenna up, bottom down. <laughs> you're ready. You're ready to have a phone conversation. <laughs> Can you imagine doing that now? It seems so weird now. It seems insane now when you look at those old phones especially like when you watch like an old movie or something that has a car phone where the phone is like literally like attached to the car with like a cord oh yeah we used to have when i was in high school like early high school we had a bag phone oh that's the best we, we had a phone in the bag that it was oh my gosh it was so ancient but we thought it was cool uh, so yeah, the, so Lockwood has this big old Zach Morris phone he's talking on. So I thought that that was funny to mention because that kind of dates the issue a little bit, showing the, the technology. So the Sons of Liberty are a little concerned that Benjamin is acting on his own, putting the integrity of this organizational structure that they have at risk, and he's letting his personal problems make him lose perspective and compromise their entire operation. They have things going on, but he wants to go out and do his own thing. But, uh, but they wanted an outstanding individual who could act and function as an agent of liberty. Mm. I mean, I guess that's kind of where his name comes from. And Benjamin Lockwood is the best there is. Because at this point, he is technically the best because they think Paul Devlin is dead, who was uh, supposed to be better than him. So Lockwood finds these bad guys he's looking for at a small secluded airfield. And in a shocking twist, I mean, when I was reading this, I was so surprised. The leader of the bad guys is none other than Benjamin Lockwood's pal from the U.S. Marines, Mr. Paul Devlin. Dun, dun, dun. Who is not dead like they all thought. Devlin. Back from the dead. <laughs> you rascal. <laughs> Back from the dead. I guess Lockwood, when uh, when things went south in Tehran, he, he didn't really... Uh, he just cut out of there. He's like, goodbye, my friend. <laughs> he, he didn't really stick around to investigate what happened. No wonder Devlin's so pissed off. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you left me for dead, man. What's that about? So, uh, <laughs> so Paul Devlin, uh, which is a great name because it almost looks like Devil... Uh, so that that seems like a, v a very intentional uh, way to name a, a bad guy's last name. Uh, so Paul Devlin's group beats Benjamin Lockwood and flies off with a nuclear device. So Paul Devlin's not, you know, small time in it. He's like, give me that nuclear device. I'm going to do some bad things with it. <laughs> so he takes off in this airplane. Listen, go big or go home. Go big or go home. And he's definitely going big. Um, so Paul Devlin explains that after the U.S. government abandoned them in Iran, so he is kind of ticked about that, uh, he comes back to America and he thinks of America as this weird, deformed country, and he wants to kill it. So he is trying to destroy parts of America with this nuclear device. So he is up to no good. 
And because of the nuclear threat, uh, Judge Kramer of the Sons of Liberty gives Benjamin Lockwood an order to execute Paul Devlin. Devlin! (laughs) So now Benjamin Lockwood has to kill his pal Paul Devlin, who he served in the U.S. Marines with. Oh, no. In an attempt to uh, uh, buy Devlin to shoot Agent Liberty... This is not a great look for Paul Devlin. In an attempt to uh, to shoot Agent Liberty, uh, Lockwood puts up a force field to protect himself, and Devlin ends up shooting himself in the face. Ah, oh, Devlin, you rascal. <laughs> because the bullet ricochets back on him. I thought he was their number one agent. <laughs> he was the best of the best. And he shot himself in the face. I feel like maybe now their standards weren't very high. (laughs) (laughs) I'm starting to question it myself uh, because he shot himself in the face and that's not (laughs) real great. So uh, Devlin falls out of the plane and he falls into, very fittingly, I think, the Potomac River because that's, (laughs) you know, very famous, uh, famous river in in terms of American history. And, uh, Agent Liberty takes control of the plane and prevents the nuclear disaster. So Agent Liberty saves the day. He has to take down his pal, Paul Devlin, uh, in this really dramatic fashion (laughs) with the uh, shooting in the face and out of the plane uh, of Paul Devlin. And I think what this this story does really well is it tries to illustrate the, the different paths that Benjamin Lockwood and Paul Devlin take. You know, both of them take these these two different journeys uh, back to America, and they both represent two different, you know, ideologies. And so I think that that's a really interesting thing that... Um, that that it does it shows that one wants to take his struggle and use it to help america be better and the other one wants to use the struggle and use it to enact revenge on the country so uh it's a very very interesting issue it's it it seemed as i was reading it to be very different than anything i had read in comics before so i was very fascinated by agent liberty special number one yeah that that is super interesting well the next time i could find agent liberty in the comics was in 2004 and he appeared in an issue of birds of prey birds of prey number 72 and he's, he's not in this much, uh, but in this issue, he appears as one of the brainwashed victims of a cult. You might enjoy this, Morgan, because I know... Oh, fasc- of course I do. <laughs> Fascinated by cults. Maybe our good friend... Uh, oh, gosh. What was the... Oh, uh, uh, Tico. Coville. Yeah, Thomas- Tico. <laughs> yeah. Maybe our good friend Tico was in that cult. Uh, he, needs, he needs to show up in the comics. They need to bring him in into DC Comics. Uh, but in this issue, uh, Agent Liberty appears as one of the brainwashed victims of a cult started by Brainiac. And really, the big thing about him in this issue is that he gets his butt kicked by Vixen. Vixen in The Birds of Prey beats up Agent Liberty. Um, so I hate it for him because he's brainwashed and he, you know, he doesn't really know what's happening. But he does, uh, he does get uh, some things handed to him. By Vixen. So that's kind of the big thing in that issue for Agent Liberty. Uh, the next time he shows up in the comics is Infinite Crisis number six from 2006. Uh, in this issue, Agent Liberty shows up at a mass for fallen and missing superheroes and helps to defend the city of Metropolis from the secret society of supervillains. And so the next time we see him in the comics is December 2008 in Superman number 681. And this is the start of Agent Liberty's arc and the new Krypton storyline. This is kind of, I think, in my opinion, where Agent Liberty sort of, this is his big thing in the comics. 
um, that uh, Agent Liberty comes out of retirement to act as a member of the president's security detail while meeting with Superman and other Kryptonians newly arrived on Earth. He was specifically requested by the DEO, which I thought was really interesting, to take on this position. Before the Kryptonians show up, Lois Lane interviews Agent Liberty about the concern that the Kryptonians might cause some trouble. So in this story, in this big new Krypton storyline, it's um, basically a, a portion of Krypton survives and there's a whole bunch of Kryptonians. So it's it's sort of like we saw on the Supergirl TV series with Argo or even in season one with Astra and Non and all those Kryptonians. So a whole bunch of Kryptonians are still alive and it's kind of weird because it almost seems like an invasion. So the U.S. government mm-hmm. has to figure out how to deal with them. And so Superman has to be sort of an intermediate. Mm, mm, what's the word for that? Intermediate. Inter, in, Intermediary. Oh, something like that. that I there's like a that, word I, in I, there. I feel, very, I feel very strongly that that's right. And I, I'm also pretty sure it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that word is. Superman has to serve as the go-between, the go-between the U.S. government and the Kryptonians. So uh, that's kind of the background of that story. But uh, so Lois Lane expresses a little concern about the Kryptonians with Agent Liberty. Um, And then uh, the meeting of the U.S. and the Kryptonians takes a shocking turn in this issue because Doomsday crashes the party. So everybody's kind of gathered um, uh, in D.C., uh, Agent Liberty is there trying to make the peace between all of these, you know, these um, these members of these two factions. And then Doomsday shows up and it gets a little crazy. So that is Superman number 681. And then the next issue he shows up in is January 2009 in Action Comics number 873. And in this first epilogue to this issue, because there are two epilogues which I thought was fascinating. Oh. You can't just end it with one epilogue. No, of course not. You have to stay in, until the end, end, end of the comic. <laughs> <laughs> so so the first epi- epilogue to this issue uh, has Agent Liberty hearing Lex Luthor and Sam Lane plotting their attack on Superman. And in their minds, this is how they justify it. They're going to, you know, they're going to save humanity. That's what they're, they're going to do. Even though it sounds like they're just plotting to kill Superman. And uh, so when Agent Liberty moves to approach them, he is murdered. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. By a character named Superwoman. Uh, and the the really what kills him is death by heat vision. Looks like Ooh, she, that's, she that's gets a rough him one. right in the brain. Oh, not the brain. You need that. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that's probably going to do you in. That's not going to be good. You don't want to be heat visioned at all, but definitely not in the brain. I don't. <laughs> but think- if you had, but you had a choice, the brain would not be. I think your first choice. I don't think you're coming back from that. That would, yeah, that would be a tough one. So Agent Liberty, uh, unlike his pal Paul Devlin, he is dead. There's no coming back for Agent Liberty in in this storyline. He is a goner. Oh, no. What's really interesting, though, is that Superwoman is actually Lucy Lane. Whoa. So um, this becomes very uh, 
interesting and you know when you mix it up in this ne- this next issue that we're going to talk about is supergirl number 37 from march 2009 because in this issue lois lane goes down to uh the bay in metropolis to investigate a story that perry white had assigned her to as you do when you're a reporter for the daily planet and while she is there she interviews inspector mike henderson who is with the metropolis metacrimes division and, uh, of course, the Medic Crimes Division uh, is basically there because they're investigating uh, anytime there's a metahuman who is the victim of a crime. So uh, I guess they consider Agent Liberty a metahuman. Does he have any, like, like metahuman skills besides espionage? He's, n- he's not really, I don't consider him a metahuman. He's just a guy who has a really cool suit and a jetpack. Yeah, I mean, the jetpack, maybe they're like, that's a, that's a special skill. That you, <laughs> I, that you use that jetpack and you don't wipe out. I guess. I guess. I, that, I guess that's why the 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 metacrimes division is there. I don't know. But so uh, Lois Lane goes down there to to check it out and and see what what's going on. And Inspector Henderson ends up being the one to ask Lois Lane the questions instead of the other way around, wanting answers about her previous encounter with Agent Liberty. And all she, all she knows about him are that he was a CIA operative, like we talked about, who uncovered a massive conspiracy to overthrow the government and used a superpowered suit to stop it. She didn't think much of a uh, Lois didn't think much of Agent Liberty because he was reluctant to answer any of her questions. And Lois tells Inspector Henderson that she thought Agent Liberty seemed troubled and distracted, and that she tried to schedule a follow up interview with him. But he never called her back. I wonder why. Could be that brain problem. He <laughs> could be the vision to the brain. Uh, Inspector Henderson reveals that the dead body that he and the Metacrimes Division came to investigate is Agent Liberty. And <gasps> that he's not going to be calling her back. Uh-oh. <laughs> so uh, Agent Liberty's body was discovered when a uh, fishing boat was headed out to sea. And their on- onboard computer began acting strangely. It uh, caused those on board the boat to lose control of the vessel. And the boat then drove them directly to Agent Liberty's body floating face down in the water. This is pretty gruesome, I know. Oh, no. But there's a point. Um, This technological event that happened with the boat happened because in the event of his death, Agent Liberty's suit sent out a signal that overrode and corroded electronics within a certain radius. And that signal drove the boat in. So that's what I think is really neat about this uh, version of Agent Liberty. His suit is very is highly technological. Like, it does a lot of things. And so it's very in tune with uh, him, you know, as a person and it, what's happening to him. So if he dies, the suit kind of knows, you know, it has a, has a system in place that's going to do something about it. So Inspector Henderson doesn't think that uh, Agent Liberty's wounds are self-inflicted. I wonder why. I mean, he's, he, he must be a really good inspector. <laughs> what a good, what a good detective this guy is. I mean, you mean that he didn't administer the uh, heat vision to his own brain? It's it's a real thinker. It really is. He, he had to really study the room this, this for that. One's a puzzler. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes to the conclusion that his wounds aren't self-inflicted, and he uses Lois's cell phone to demonstrate Agent Liberty's suit code that signals that he was murdered. So they do a little trick with the phone that uh, kind of brings up some code. And little does Lois, because Lois doesn't know that at this point the Agent Liberty's killer is her, her own sister. 
Lucy Lane. That is dramatic. Not cool. Don't go around murdering people with heat vision. What's up? Stop melting people's brains. We've talked about this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that is the irony in that scene. Well, and in Supergirl number 38, uh, which is following that issue in April 2009, uh, this issue continues the aftermath of Agent Liberty's death. In the Metropolis City Hospital Surgical Unit, the medical staff there are trying to cut Benjamin Lockwood out of his Agent Liberty suit, because uh, the, the suit is very close to him at this point. And uh, that uniform is an advanced biometric power suit, so that while someone is in it, it only responds to their command. So this is a very delicate procedure. They're hoping to be able to cut Lockwood out of the suit and still be able to access its memory so they can solve his murder because Inspector Henderson's not figuring it out. <laughs> Clearly. I mean, he, he did figure out the most important part, which is that he didn't do it to himself somehow. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get there. Uh, he just needs some time. Uh, but while the doctors are working, they talk about how Agent Liberty was a hero back in the day and saved a lot of people's lives. So that's a it's a nice way to sort of uh, memorialize him in this issue that uh, they all seem to think of him as a hero. Because in the previous issues that we've even talked about, he is a hero. He's treated as a hero. So um, that's that's cool that they take a moment to think about that. But the procedure comes to an end when Major Lucy Lane busts in through the sur surgical unit doors demanding that she take Agent Liberty's body. She tells the medical staff that she's been assigned by the President of the United States to investigate Agent Liberty's disappearance and found him in the morgue. Major Lane scolds the staff, including Inspector Henderson, who is there for the autopsy. Uh, he's he's trying to put things together. <laughs> he's trying so hard. He he is their best inspector, like Devlin was their best agent. <laughs> <laughs> so Major Lane scolds everybody for not reporting the death of the uh, of the president's bodyguard, Agent Liberty, and member of the Secret Service. And so then uh, Major Lane takes Agent Liberty's body from the surgical unit. So she comes in. Having, you know, I mean, this is really stealth and sneaky. She murders him and then she comes in and tries to use kind of a secret identity to come and take his body away and, you know, hide the evidence as it were. So, I mean, Lucy is up to no good in this issue. Lucy is sneaky in this one. Yeah. So the, the handling of Agent Liberty's uh, body there is very sketchy. Um, and so the last thing that I could really think of in terms uh, uh, that I could find really in terms of Agent Liberty uh, was from August 2009 in a storyline called Codename Patriot, uh, Patriot, Codename Patriot, um, a new female Agent Liberty becomes a part of President Martin Suarez's security team. There's no mention if she is connected to the Sons of Liberty or even her predecessor, Benjamin Lockwood, or even if she is, in fact, yet another agent in General Lane's considerable list of operatives. The new agent, Liberty, is apparently killed by Ursa when she attacks the White House during the War of the Supermen. So uh, I thought that that was an interesting take on Agent Liberty, that um, there was a female version of the character, and sadly, she was murdered as well. Agent Liberty's not doing too well. Agent Liberty seems to come at a cost... And a price, usually uh, maybe murdered by uh, someone with Kryptonian ab abilities. So that does seem to follow a pattern. So uh, that's kind of a look back at uh, all the stuff that I could find of Agent Liberty and his 
his past in the in the comics. And I think the new Krypton storyline probably does the most uh, for him. He has a big arc. It's mostly about his death, but <laughs> he does have a big arc there. And of course, there is that uh, Agent Liberty special, which is very dense in terms of his backstory. So that gives him uh, a lot of exposure as well. So uh, I, I found him to be a very interesting character. I liked his costume. I liked his, the things that he could do with his suit. His suit is very cool. So um, it's, it's neat to learn about those aspects of his character. Definitely. So now we have Agent Liberty on TV, which uh, is not a substantial amount. So uh, Agent Liberty actually hasn't shown up anywhere outside of the comics. Uh, but he will be making his television debut in Supergirl Season 4 with actor Sam Witwer bringing him to life. Uh, this interpretation of Agent Liberty, as described by EW.com, will be portrayed as the ruthless and terrifying founder and figurehead of Children of Liberty, a hate group that supports a human first world order. According to a description from the show's producers, he's a brilliant... Um, orator in the guise of a family man and the scariest thing about him is how easily he can convince people that he's right so definitely a different agent liberty than uh our friend who quotes the constitution (laughs) while fighting uh a a different vibe we're getting from this one (laughs) so does anything in that description sort of stick out to you as a little bit different in terms of what we know about him from the comics i mean it just seems like they uh they took the name because they liked it and they were like, let's just throw out all the rest. Um, he doesn't have a jetpack. First of all, that's, I'm um, very disappointed. That is disappointing. I don't see anywhere here where his special skills are espionage. <laughs> I, I mean, he is in the guise of a family man. So maybe that's a little espionage ish. Uh, it sounds like he's got his own cult. So, I mean, I guess there was that cult connection. <laughs> Maybe Devlin makes an appearance. Maybe Devlin accidentally shoots himself in the face. Who knows? (laughs) That'd be be amazing if there's just an episode where you think he's going to be like a major character. And then at the end, he accidentally shoots himself in the face. And you're like, I guess not. (laughs) Well, I think it's interesting that they've taken the Sons of Liberty away. It's not the Sons of Liberty. It's the Children of Liberty. Which sounds way creepier because it's definitely got like a Children of the Corn vibe to it. <laughs> like, yeah. If anybody came up to you and was like, would you like to join my organization? You're like, sure. You know, I've got some extra time. I'd like to make some friends. And they're like, it's called the Children of Liberty. You're like, I'm out immediately. That's a cult. <laughs> <laughs> well, and in season three of Supergirl... The children of Rao. Oh, yeah. I can see your point that if you put the children of something in front of it, it does sound a little culty. It just gives off some bad vibes, I think. (laughs) And I had to look this up because I remembered watching that History Channel uh, miniseries called Sons of Liberty. And I remember there being a historical uh, connection to the name Sons of Liberty, and I couldn't remember what it was. So I looked it up. So the Sons of Liberty was a colonial protest group created by Samuel Adams in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, They operated in secret and usually under the cover of darkness. And they existed to create the spark of rebellion in the colonies. So that was that's kind of the historical connection to the Sons of Liberty. So I, I guess maybe they wanted to change it so that it wouldn't have that historical context maybe they wanted the children of liberty to be something kind of like the sons of liberty but 
totally different. But also in a kind of a terrible way. <laughs> but also in no way related to anything. <laughs> what if it was called something similar, but it was mostly people being terrible? Yeah. I think is their, their thought process, maybe? <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, if, if the Children of Liberty is a hate group that, uh, you know, does some bad things, it's, you know, it doesn't have that sort of, you know, uh, American history vibe of, you know, these heroes who did these awesome things. Um, so I, I do think that's a little, I'm, I'm a little conflicted because while I understand adaptations can be different and, you know, I think it's great when writers can play with things and do their own takes on characters and um, settings and those kinds of things. I also think that it does a little bit of a disservice to Agent Liberty because he was such a, you know, he was a U.S. Marine and he uh, served his country and the CIA and the Secret Service and um, did quote the Constitution and seemed to love <laughs> America and was a hero. And now they've twisted him into this, you know, villain who is associated with a hate group. So I, I'm I'm conflicted over this characterization now, especially after going back and reading some of these comics and seeing how he helped Superman on a lot of occasions, uh, you know, save the day. So I, yeah, I don't know what I what I'm gonna think about this, but I do really like Sam Witwer as an actor. I have seen him. I d of course saw him on Smallville, and he did a really great job there, trying to kind of play the the good guy who turns into a you know doomsday basically um and i also really liked him on uh being human oh yeah he was great in that show that's the kind of the only other thing that i've seen him in although i know he's done the voice of is it darth maul that he does i no, think it's something no, star no it's not darth maul it's um oh what is he what is what is the character he does i don't know it's something star wars though right yeah uh star killer um something uh, no he did he did voice um darth maul at one point so he's played vil he plays a lot of villains a lot of bad guys even on being human he was a vampire who sort of had to come overcome his vampiric tendencies uh, so I can see uh, why they would want him for this because he would be, uh, you know, a good villain who could also probably make you feel sympathy for him. Um, but I don't, I don't know, Morgan, do you have any, uh, thing, things that you're anticipating with this character or with Sam Witwer on the show? I'm definitely looking forward to Sam Witwer because, uh, like you, I've seen him on Being Human. I've seen him on, um... Smallville, I think he's a great actor. I think that they definitely did a great job with the casting. I don't know how excited I am for the character. It feels like he might be a little heavy-handed on some <laughs> stuff. Like, I feel like the subtlety of the uh, Supergirl writing in the past on these kind of issues has not been uh, so great, but I think that if they're going to have a character like this, it makes me feel a lot better that Sam Witwer is going to be the actor because I feel like he uh, he brought me around on a lot of, let's just say, so-so material on Smallville. <laughs> like, it, some of the stuff that they made those actors say on Smallville, it was like, you had to be a pretty good actor to make that sound like a normal human being would say it. And I feel like I never had that, like... Uh, thing with Sam Witwer where I was like ooh that's a bad line so I feel like he can really sell stuff now I don't know if 
Agent Liberty is going to be, you know, jetting around in his jetpack and fun like he is in the comics. So, I don't know. I do feel bad for comic book Agent Liberty. He he seems like he got a rough uh, a rough go of it in the comics, and now he's a villain in the TV show. He just he just wants to quote the Constitution and do justice. He just loves America, and everybody's just always making it, like just melting his brain, and it's not <laughs> fair. <laughs> yeah, I do agree though that no matter what they do, Sam Witwer will make it sing. He will he will make it believable and make it he will sell the the character and the character's motivations no matter what. I hope he has a cool suit because uh, the suit is kind of the big thing with Agent Liberty. He has a really cool suit. He's got a force field. He does. I want I want the force field at least. Like, could we at least get that one? If you're gonna do Agent Liberty, do it do it right. Like, maybe I don't need the jetpack, but I really want the force field. I mean, but the jetpack is pretty cool though. I think the uh, the jetpack is is maybe worth at least one scene. I mean, if he's gonna, maybe he's gonna fight Supergirl. If he's gonna fight Supergirl, he needs to be up in the air. Oh man, that'd be awesome! It, a fight where she's like Supergirl is fighting him with the jetpack. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm thinking. Like a mid-air fight with him and the jetpack. That would be fantastic. I would be into that. So make it happen, Supergirl people. Uh, I think a jetpack needs to show up. All right. Well, I think that's basically gonna do it for our Agent Liberty and his jetpack discussion. But before we wrap up, we have some Agent Liberty-related Snap Judgments. Oh, yeah. In the game of Snap Judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended, and explanations are unnecessary. So, Morgan, the first one is, would you rather have a force shield of energy capable of deflecting bullets... Or would you rather have that cool jetpack? So I feel like, personal safety-wise, <laughs> the force shield is going to be the smarter choice. And yet, man, I want to get from here to there. <laughs> like, not, not long trips. I'm not, being, I'm not being selfish. Just short trips. So I'm getting that jetpack. Yeah, I'm going to have to go jetpack. I think that... But it's also, you're taking a risk. You, you definitely are. You might end up in a lake. <laughs> I feel like you're living that skull cracking lifestyle if you take that jetpack. You you really are. You're listen, you're not gonna deflect any bullets and make somebody accidentally shoot themselves, <laughs> even if they are the best agent the world has ever seen. <laughs> but you won't have to pay for an Uber. So I mean really the choice is yours. <laughs> yeah. So I think jetpack is the clear winner here. Um okay, so the other snap judgment that we have is who has the better costume, Agent Liberty or Liberty Bell? Ooh, this is a this is a real tough choice because I feel like Liberty Bell really committed to her theme more <laughs> because it's got a giant bell on it with a crack. Uh, as, as somebody who just spent the weekend in Philadelphia, I feel like big ups to Liberty Bell. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of attention to detail uh, to that bell. Uh, Makes me want to watch the the first National Treasure movie. Um, And I also will give it up to Liberty Bell for her gloves. I think the gloves really set her apart because you got the blue shirt, you got the gold pants, and the red gloves, I think, really set it off. Set that whole look off. Um... (laughs) 
I really like Agent Liberty's costume. I think he's got that cool thing with the like the blades that come out of the gauntlets. I feel like that's really practical and can really help you out if you're in trouble. Um, I don't know. I might have to go Liberty Bell on this one because I think it just it stands out when when you're looking at them side by side. Her costume just uh, stands out uh, a lot more, and I, I feel like it is more connected to the American history. Uh, than Agent Liberty's. So I am going to go Liberty Bell on this one, even though I love Agent Liberty's costume a lot. That was a tough choice. That was a tough one because he does have that, you know, he's got some of the, some of the America in there. He's got the star, he's got the red and the blue, but it just, he hasn't committed to his theme enough. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we're giving style points to Liberty Bell (laughs) on this one. She has more style points. No judgments on your snap judgments. No one said snap judgments were ever going to be easy. Uh, so uh, thanks for playing along uh, with me there, Morgan. Uh, well, I think it's gonna that's going to cover us on our uh, character spotlight on Agent Liberty. It was nice to learn more about this character before we head into season four. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. And you can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify, where we also have a playlist that includes music featured on the show. We are also listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. We are available on Apple Podcasts and uh, Stitcher Radio, so if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review over there. And if you need any of these links, I know we go through them really quickly on the podcast, but if you need any of those links that I just mentioned, you can find them on supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page. Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV Podcast Network, so if you also like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Titans, Batwoman, and classic DC TV shows, you can subscribe to DC TV Podcasts on Apple Podcasts and follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DC TV Podcasts on Facebook. You you sped up there. I heard you speed up and then you slowed it down. <laughs> I sped it up and then I slowed it right down. I feel like Batwoman's new. Like, let's give her a pause. Let's, <laughs> let's have her. Let's give her her moment. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, really showing off with that one. Um, well, and also as a reminder, we have a, a T Public store. DCTV Podcast has a T Public store that you can find a link to at the top of supergirlradio.com. We've got a ton of stuff in there. We've got Supergirl stuff, specifically Supergirl Radio stuff. We've got Snap Judgment shirts. Uh, we've got Legion of Superheroes stuff. We've got Legends of Tomorrow stuff. We've got Bebo stuff. We've got everything. Uh, if you're excited about Titans, it's coming up. Uh, we've got some Titans merchandise. So if, if you're interested in uh, stocking up for your DC TV merch um, at the start of the TV season, go to supergirlradio.com and find the link to the T Public Store at the top of the page. And you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid, and you can follow me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. You can watch videos of mine over at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. I am also a contributor to JLU Podcast, which you can find over at jluniverse.podomatic.com. And I am also one of the voices on a comedy, uh, sketch comedy podcast called The Fakus. So definitely check that out. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mojotastic. 
Um, and you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, which we really need to come up with an episode before the new season starts. So uh, TikTok, I guess, on uh, for us. <laughs> Uh, but hopefully some new content will be coming as soon as we uh, get organized. I mean, that that should be coming up pretty soon. Pretty right? soon. Pretty soon. I did realize that it was October <laughs> um, today, and I was like, well, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all, y'all can hop on the mic and, and do a little something, I'm we'll sure. figure something out. <laughs> Well, whenever you do, I will be listening to it because even though I I won't be tuning in to the new season of Legends of Tomorrow, I will definitely <laughs> be listening to the new season of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. That's how I roll with that show. So no matter what you do, I'll be very excited uh, when you do uh, put out a new episode. Nice. Well, on, until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Morgan Glennon. And to express our excitement about Supergirl Season 4, Agent Liberty would say... Just watch the fun. This is gonna get good. <laughs>